Welcome sports fans to Chapter 8, Promotional Incentives for Sports and Entertainment. Uh, today we're fortunate to have the Mrs. Dr. Wakefield, Robin Wakefield, joining us because, uh, well, we hope she represents some of y'all out there. I mean, she's a sports fan, but she's not exactly an addict uh, like her husband, um, you know, the author of this textbook. So welcome, Robin. Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, sure. So... It should be fun because uh, today we're going to start off with talking about the most popular incentives for sports and entertainment. I mean, we frankly don't need much, and maybe you don't either, uh, to go to the game, but there are those folks out there that don't attend very often and who need some kind of incentive to get them there, and hopefully they'll become loyal after that. Uh, you have any idea, Mrs. Dr. Wakefield, what the most popular uh, single game promotion is? You mean an incentive? Yeah, an incentive, right. Um, probably a bobblehead. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even even now, after all the things that they've come up with, try to get people to go to the game, the most popular one still, according to research, is bobbleheads, which probably explains why in our office here, I've got D'Angelo Russell, Marcus Stroman of the Blue Jays. Don't ask me who he is. Mark Gasol. I've got a Packers huge bobblehead, and then it behind me a whole bunch more bobbleheads and then at the office at school I've got probably 75 bobbleheads and in biggest news into our new S3 office we're going to have a, a new bobblehead display case out in front so that everyone can see our favorite bobbleheads so uh, I guess that's why they're popular you can display and people can see who your favorite team is or maybe your favorite player and everything else if you think about it in the list we have there Giveaways. I think, yeah. I think they yeah. sell in the secondary market. Yeah, yeah, like the time when we were. Um, Somebody tried to steal my bobblehead. It yeah. was not, not very good experience. No, except for that we uh, got it anyway. But we were at the Cardinals a month or so ago, and there was their uh, first time ever, only time ever, two headed or two person, I guess, bobblehead with uh, Stan Musial and um, Whitey Herzog, I think, or no, no, Red Shandings. Um, and yeah, so somebody tried to take your bobblehead just when you got up. Actually, they already had it? No. Well, yes, they did, actually. They kind of. had it, yeah. Yeah, so you, you had to say, yeah. thank you, I'd like to have that back. And then when we were leaving, there was somebody outside offering people 10 bucks for their bobblehead, assuming there's a markup on that. So, obviously, they're valuable, but most of the other giveaways, I mean, there probably are some that you all have out there uh, in the audience that you uh, are proud of and you keep. I can't think if I've got much anything that's... Um, I guess caps, when they give away the caps at games. In fact, uh, this week we gave away Dallas Mavericks and Baylor Bear you know, kind of combo hats, and those were extremely popular. So they're probably something like that. So a combination of a giveaway and a special event, which is what they do. They have Baylor Night, I'm sure uh, you all have seen them close to you. They have a university night and com- combined with a giveaway. You know, next best is some combination of two or more special events. It might be a concert and then maybe a special appearance by a player. And then giveaways that have some value of five or more dollars. And then obviously your cheapo giveaways. And then number six comes in price discounts. So just to remind ourselves what we learned in the last chapter and keep learning. And hopefully we'll never forget. Quit offering discounts. They aren't that good. Give some kind of value add instead of doing a discount. And then having just one single special event, not so special after all. So all those except for the discounts add value. Uh, and the only one that obviously subtracts, and you don't want to even get into uh, that kind of thinking, 
because we learned from last chapter it's the fantasy and the feelings that you're buying when you go to the game it's not um you know not just what's the cheapest price in fact you want often the better seat and the higher prices we keep uh, discussing you don't want to sit way up high you want to sit down close if you can so that you have a truly memorable experience along with whatever promotional item they might be giving away so if you do want to have a single game uh promotion or incentive what we suggest is and um dr wakefield you can see actually we're looking right now on our screen you're probably doing the same in your book perhaps or who knows maybe you're out running uh or doing something else while listening to, to this exciting podcast but we have a acronym well actually yes an acronym uh for how to design good promotions do you see what those are this is dr wakefield the acronym is CASES. Yep. C for clear target and objective. A for added value. S for simple. E for experiential. And S for sponsored. So thank you for reading that. Uh, yeah, so we have to have a clear target and objective. One of the things I think that marketers in, in sports and all marketers, they often make a mistake when they think about offering some kind of discount. <clears throat> You know, is that they think that everybody wants the discount, but clearly not everyone does because people buy season tickets. They buy them at regular price. So you want to find those people who actually do care and are price sensitive. And again, send these uh, most likely through an email offer or something else that's very targeted. Could still use direct mail, but most likely it'll be electronic. So it's a clear target with a clear objective that you're trying to accomplish for that particular uh, game, which most likely is one that needs um, promotion. Oh, there's two philosophies on that. One is, uh, which we'll get into this chapter a little well, later, if you will, if we were to scroll down. But one is that uh, you make the big games bigger. So give a promotion for a weekend game, for instance, against a good team to make it totally awesome uh, so that fans enjoy it uh, so much that they then, you want to come back again on another time. The other way is to target those games, which you know you're going to need some help because it's a you know, one of the worst level games like we talked about in the last chapter. Maybe it's in, you know, the five different types of uh, levels of games. Maybe it's the E or the single versus the Grand Slam type game, and you're going to need some help. So you have a clear target uh, with a clear objective for that particular game of what you want to achieve. Again, you want to add value, not subtract by lowering your revenue, by uh, cutting the price. You want to be very simple so that fans understand it. And you want to be experiential so that it sticks in your mind and people remember that great uh, time they had at that uh, at that game. And then you'd like to have a sponsor along with it. One of the things we talk about uh, is if you can't find a sponsor for whatever promotion you have, odds are you've got a pretty crummy uh, idea if you can't find a sponsor. Because if you have a really good uh, promotion, then many people will want it, which means brands want to have their name on it. Makes me think, though, Robin, of the uh, time back many, many years ago when somebody didn't add much value and we went to or at the Cardinals game. You might recall this, and they gave away Kmart seat cushions. Yes, I was not there, but I heard about it. I thought you were there. No, I was not no? there. Well, no, it was like sorry. you were there. Well, anyway, so what happened was, and you might recall at least this part of the story, they gave away 30,000 seat cushions with uh, Kmart uh, brand name on it, and they went cheap. And so cheap that the seat cushions were super thin, so thin that they made excellent frisbee-like um, you know, devices. So that when there was a bad call early in the game, literally over ten thousand of them came flying out of the stands, and they took thirty minutes to clean it up. Threatened to, um, 
you know, forfeit the game if it happened again. And sure enough, uh, late in the game, there's another bad call and uh, during a pennant race, and pretty much the rest of them came flying out. Uh, they didn't forfeit, but it was definitely a, not an added value. So even though you give something that away. That would have been cool. Huh? That would have been a great added value. Well, I would have gone well, to see that. <laughs> and you didn't, and I didn't Oh, no. I well, yeah. That. Well, so I guess in that sense, yeah, experiential is one of the best experiences I had with a promotional item, but <laughs> it's not one that you kept um, you know, or even wanted to keep. You're willing to throw it away. Makes me think of the others. I haven't seen too many of these recently, but I used to have a list of really stupid promotions. One of them uh, was done at a basketball game where they gave away free, free ping pong balls, and another one was free super balls back in the day when super, super balls were big, and guess what? Hey, I would love to. I would definitely be at that game. Yeah, but they didn't advertise, please come throw the super balls. No, uh, but that's just, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I don't think they intended it, but it was really funny. Um, so... You gotta be careful what you give away because if it's not much value, it might end up on the court, the ice, the field, uh, whatever it is. So make sure it does uh, add value. Uh, the example that we talk about in the book that I always liked back when I used uh, used to own we used to own a Lexus, and then now we have just a crummy Porsche. Um, but was when we would go to the Texas Rangers, and I've seen this at a lot of other parks where they provide um, valet parking for anyone who owns a Lexus. So it adds value uh, to the fans. It's really simple to understand. I drive my car up there, pull it right up to the valet, hand them my keys, and they take it, and I don't have to pay. So good, it's, and it's also experiential. Um, you know that uh, you know that pleasure, if you will, of being walk right into the stadium and not have to pay for your valet parking. I guess they'll have to tip, but maybe that's hey. five bucks. Nothing's free. Yeah. Uh, not many things, except for Lexus free parking, but then you'd have to pay for the, the tip. Just hope it don't do like I did that time last summer when I had a 20 and a 5 in my pocket and gave the guy accidentally a $20 tip just for getting our bag out of the... You made his day. Yeah, happy man. So the last thing again is that it's obviously clearly sponsored and everyone knows that, yeah, it's Lexus and uh, they're the ones responsible for it. So again, the promotion should be Clear target, should add value, should be simple, experiential, and sponsored. There's some ones that uh, in text we talk about that aren't quite so simple and a little more difficult to understand, like the, my all-time favorite. Uh, the Detroit Pistons years ago uh, offered a deal with Arby's to give away small curly fries if one player, if a player scored a triple-double and the fans printed out the box score from the paper, then they had to go to Arby's to redeem it. Well, it took nine years until uh, they called Greg Curly Fries Monroe got a triple-double. Um, <laughs> so and then they got what? Oh, Curly Fries, how awesome. And then they had to go get the box score out of the newspaper. Hello. Too many steps. Yeah, I mean, who... Too many steps. Who gets the newspaper anymore? I mean, we do, but we're old. No one else really does, and so cutting it out of the paper was ridiculous. Um, so uh, you might also check out our list of the 12 craziest minor league promotions which, frankly, if Major League Baseball had a little better sense of humor, um, you know, they might do. Uh, some of the ones, in fact, we just saw this yesterday, uh, were the various color outs that you see where uh, sponsors will give away shirts for a white out. I think we saw Penn State yesterday. It was completely white uh, at their stadium. And I think that is a, a good value add. And the sponsors remember because they're wearing that shirt um, you know, later on, even after the game, or maybe they wear it again. Uh, to the game. So how do we know if a promotion is successful? 
Well, uh, it's really whether or not first, like we said, if a sponsor is interested in joining you, and if not, then again, go back to the drawing board. Um, but the second is that it actually uh, produces incremental sales uh, compared to a similar game and a similar date, you know, that you compare to, say, for the last, you know, several years or seasons. What we found in our research, and imagine you all have observed it yourself, you might just be promotion prone, you might just be attracting promotion prone individuals who just shift their attendance from one game into another to take advantage of the promotion. So you could have folks that were going to go to the game, let's say, sometime this month, then they see the promotion for, let's say, the bobblehead or um, you maybe there's a discount for, uh, well, like I think the Rangers do, Wednesday night hot dog night for dollar hot dogs or whatever it might be, or there's a flash sale on tickets like um, we do around here fairly often. And you again, think that, oh, it must have been successful. People, more people came. But again, uh, it could have been that you would have sold um, a certain number at a regular price. So again, imagine you sell a thousand at the discounted price. Uh, and let's say you cut them, uh, cut the ticket price in half, like I've seen recently around here for some games to get people there. But you could have sold maybe 500 at the regular price. So you didn't really make any more money. All you did was shift their behavior from maybe one game to the other and you aren't any, aren't any further ahead. So you have to make sure that you're really uh, increasing revenue uh, for that promotion and, and not just, I guess, fooling yourself um, and getting people to shift. So promotion-prone buyers, we did some research a few years ago that was uh, kind of interesting where uh, we did some work with Groupon, and I don't know who uses Groupon anymore. I think I still have the app on my phone. Um, but we found that people that use Groupon deals uh, would say that they play a big part in the choice of what they do, but basically just influences them to go to places they wouldn't go without the discount uh, and they wouldn't really go to any more any more times or any more places than they would have otherwise. It just influences when they go rather than if. So it makes me think of the time when we were up in Connecticut a couple of years ago when we rented a, an apartment uh, while our children were up there going to that school up there in New Haven, Connecticut. And we uh, you know, got a group on for uh, that Irish pub, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. But again, it didn't make us go really any more often. It just shifted um, when we went, and then obviously we got half off, so awesome. But that didn't probably increase their revenue, uh, I wouldn't think, uh, too much. Except for the fact, I think maybe we didn't even redeem one of those. Yeah, yeah so... They made money off us. Yeah, so in that case, yeah, maybe that's what they're counting on, is you get the deal, and then you don't ever cash it in, so uh, that spoilage or whatever you'll call it um, goes in their favor. Uh, so what we should do... When we're running promotions again, um, the focus should be on moving individual ticket buyers to some form of ticket plan. It's not just to get people there one time. It's to get them to, uh, there to come and then come again and buy some kind of plan. Uh, the Rough Riders, uh, before they changed ownership, used to have some really great strategies. One of them was the High Five ticket plan. You still see some of these like this uh, from minor league teams and some um, in basketball, maybe some in baseball, but... Uh, they bundled it with food, entertainment, and merchandise for one game a month because they found out that a lot of their fans would only go to, well, one game a month, so why not have a plan for that? I remember talking with one of the owners of uh, Mandalay Entertainment that used to own uh, them and several other minor league teams. And he was saying they did some research that found that 
on average, even season ticket holders for minor league baseball won't attend more than 17 or 18 games. So they start making plans with 17 or 18 game plans instead of um, you know trying to sell uh, solely full seasons. Now you still see, again, half season plans or even quarter season plans for basketball and baseball. Uh, but the, the point is you should do some research and find out uh, how often fans are most likely to go and then offer them deals uh, that fit their behavior rather than saying, here's what our deal is now, I hope you buy it, and then trying to sell them on it. Um, so you should have a promotion focus, again, that moves individual buyers to some form of ticket plan. That's the focus for promotions. Uh, next thing we get into in this chapter is group sales promotions. And the promotion focus of uh, increasing single game attendance is appropriate for group sales. In fact, uh, if you think about the games that you attend at your university and you see the stands are you know, maybe empty for a particular game, you know, maybe it's not a conference game or not a very good uh, opponent, uh, whatever it might be, a lot of those empty seats could be taken up by group sales to you know, elementary schools with programs or uh, basketball, uh, children's basketball leagues, or getting them on halftime shows and then their parents come along and it's a group sale. So that's a, a good reason uh, to focus on a single game attendance through group sales. Also, by the way, if you're thinking about getting into professional sports and the easiest and best way, frankly, is still sales, one of the better sales jobs, I think, early on is in group sales. If you like planning parties, if you're a party planner, then group sales may be the ticket for you because that's essentially what you're doing because companies and organizations have budgets uh, to go out each month to take their employees or to do something uh, with their executive group, whatever it might be. So they're already ready to spend the money. You just need to offer them a good alternative. And so when you do, you just, you, if you like again planning a party for them and planning the event uh, and making it a good time, then you might be good in, in group sales. So uh, effective group sales promotions have the same qualities as individual ticket promotions. You still need the cases. And so you still need a clear target um, and add value and, and so on. Uh, but the difference is that you're really aiming at just a few you know, one or a few key decision makers. So in organizations, you know, that might be the HR person who's responsible for the uh, you know, group outings or company uh, outings. Uh, it could be maybe the coach that's the head of, you know, small, you know, like little league teams or whoever it is that are responsible for, you know, the league level to bring kids out uh, for a group sale. And then you can offer them a discount. It's usually not very big, say 10%. But if you're the salesperson, you get a commission on all, uh, say, a 200 seats, and that's not a bad not a bad deal for you. Uh, in the book, we talk about, uh, again, Frisco has some great hospitality seating areas. Some of y'all that different places around the country, you can see now where they've uh, designated more spaces just for socializing and uh, either for groups or just for people that are coming, either singles, uh, seen out the, at the Atlanta Hawks and others, uh, Minnesota Vikings, they have some of their seating areas are made more for socialization, even though it's not a group sale, it's organized towards more social and group activities. Uh, one of the ways that teams do a really good job with this is thinking about super group promotions, which are aimed at special interest groups that congregate on the event, on the, at the event or at the game on the basis of a shared interest. So you can have faith nights, which is often one of the most popular nights at um, you know, different teams. Uh, I'm sure most of you all probably have seen 
dog night or dog, you know, whatever, dog days of summer is the one the San Francisco Giants run. Not sure why they don't ever have cat nights. What's up with that? Um, but anyway, people bring their dogs who look kind of like them, maybe. And that, again, based on that interest. Uh, I noticed that the uh, teams now are doing more, like San Diego Padres actually identify groups that you as a member of the Padres, you know, season ticket holder, can join these special interest groups. And then they uh, meet at the game for, you know, on the basis of shared interests. So you can have super groups where you're doing a group sale, but you can also actually make social groups and then people congregate uh, pretty much on their own accord. Uh, next, we get into incenting or incentivizing season ticket renewals. Uh, as soon as your uh, season starts, for some almost, uh, at least by midway through the season, a lot of teams now will start season ticket renewals. So you've already um, bought yours, but uh, you want to make sure that you can renew them for next year and the incentives that they offer uh, these days uh, actually are uh, pretty exciting. At least I've seen some good ones. Uh, the three that we talk about in the book are experiential events, like when there's special events and really cool places and they invite uh, season ticket holders in uh, for renewal uh, to renew their deals and then they have them uh, maybe meet players or front office executives. Some of them give some recognition and exclusivity. It could be as small as just a pin that signifies uh, that you're a season ticket holder. We've gotten caps, you know, for instance, that are only given to season ticket holders. You can add convenience in some way so that uh, it reduces the stress. One of the ones I like best, and I'm hoping that Baylor will be get, doing this before too long, and maybe your schools and other teams that you're associated with will uh, but I know that uh, the Trailblazers, I think the Magic do the same thing, which is your season ticket holder, just like on Netflix, you're a Netflix uh, subscriber until you're not. So you're automatically renewed and you don't have to do anything. I mean, that's the way I feel about my season tickets. Uh, you don't really have to ask me, just let me uh, renew and, and I'm good. So adding convenience, I think, is one of the best ways. Uh, the other way that you can help in season ticket renewals is adding urgency. So that if you pay earlier, which I think we just got something, Robin, on uh, renewing our foundation uh, that you have to give, that we have to pay to get us good tickets. They're trying to get us to do it earlier and adding some benefits uh, to do so. Are we up in our of course. gift this year? Because we want to sit even better. Better seats. We're on the 50-yard line, crying out loud. What little, do you want? A little higher. All right, a little, a little higher. higher on the 50-yard line. Plus, we may be adding some seats next year. We'll see. Uh, so... Um, we want to uh, add benefits for those who will pay earlier because money now is better than money later for sure. And then we also have to uh, forecast when you're on the team side, you're forecasting what your revenue is going to be uh, for next season. And the sooner you know what your renewals are, the sooner you can start planning out your season ticket prices and then putting those on sale and uh, designing your group sales and everything else. So uh, really it's fairly a uh, short chapter on promotions. We're hoping you're doing such a good job that uh, in season tickets and in your group sales uh, planning otherwise that you aren't offering a whole lot of, uh, certainly not discounts, and you don't have to promote every single game. Hopefully what you have is exciting enough. Uh, you hope you're like the Warriors who now are selling tickets to sit um, in the, um, actually in the concession area out 
around the corridor. You can, they can't even see the court. I think it's like a hundred bucks a ticket uh, to go be in the experience to uh, not watch the game. Well, you can watch it on TV, but just so you can say that you were there you know, at the Warriors game. So you hope you're that good. Obviously, not everyone can be, but nonetheless, you can still make the experience as positive as, as possible and run discounts sparingly and offer uh, added value as much as possible. That's all we really have today about adding, uh, doing promotions. Uh, Mrs. Dr. Wakefield, anything else to say? It was a short chapter. I think I need to add more to that.